is up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. No Terrence this week. Um, a shame, because the news does not stop. Like, summertime is a is a slow release period for games, but the news has been, has been coming hard and fast uh, for the past couple weeks here. This week is no different. And, of course, we are the day after... A one of the one of the big four WWE pay per view events. So we're going to talk about SummerSlam when we get to topics of the week later on in the show. Uh, it will be a brisk review because it was a brisk SummerSlam this year. Yeah. I was shocked that it was only three and a half hours. Yeah. So we will, uh, but we'll cover that later. Um, before we got on, we probably should have recorded this. Uh, I was laughing at Micah, uh, who has already one hundred percented. Every single character that's available in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. <laughs> uh, he has put in at least 125 hours into this game, which we figured out is an average of at least five hours per day played <laughs> since the game released. And I was my my guest was flabbered that that, that happened <laughs> so quickly. Uh, I told you, man, I told you, uh, you know. I wasn't going to stop until I get everybody at 100%. I still have stuff to do, like the Infinity Trials. I haven't. I, there are two sets of Infinity Trials that I haven't completed yet. Well, that'll get you another character. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I might wait to do those until Cyclops and Colossus come out, but uh, we'll see. But I, I figured, I figured 125 is a nice break. Until the DLC drops, so I can I can finally start Fire Emblem. I've I've started Fire Emblem. I like what I'm playing so far, but I really don't have a lot to discuss. Mm. Uh, just because I've only put four hours into it, right? But um, it it's it's kind of weird. It's like a it's like if Persona was a was a tactics game. So it's, so it's this guy, basically. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, like it's you have like daily things that you have to do during the day, and then every once in a while you have to go battle. So, but it seems pretty. It seems pretty cool right now. So yeah, I've I've still been just playing um, Assassin's Creed. Not that I got the chance to play very much last week. I was super busy recording uh, other videos last week, so <laughs> haven't had a lot of time to play games. Um, we'll get right into the new releases because there might be one game. That can pull me off of Assassin's Creed that's coming out this week, Micah. And that is the new update for No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky Beyond. <laughs> where they're where they're adding a like a multiplayer social space. Uh they're adding VR compatibility to the game. Um, a few other, you know, knobs and features. Like like the 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 job that Hello Games has done building this game up after, you know, one of the more famously terrible launches in history uh is remarkable i think you know all joking aside because you know i like to have fun at no man's sky's expense but all joking aside i'm very happy that these people are supporting this game and coming through with you know what was promised oh so many years ago and um I, if you are a fan of this game, I am happy for you. And the community has responded. Um, they they continue coming back, which is good. Apparently, I haven't looked at the article yet. Some uh, a team of people have created like a cyberpunk city within No Man's Sky using the base building tools that are available. <laughs> which so that'll be 
that'll be cool. I think if I do get back into it, I'm just gonna have to start fresh. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't pick up my previous save because I'm. I would be so fucking lost. And the game is also so different than I've really, you know, since I've gotten to really spend time, um, in that world. So I think just starting anew would probably be the best way to go. But I might yeah. check it out. Um, and I think Terrence is excited for it too, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll have to confirm or deny that. But uh, but that's coming out this week again. If you already own No Man's Sky, it's a free update. They haven't charged for any uh, post-launch content for this game so far. Um, Friday the 13th, the Ultimate Slasher Edition is coming to the Nintendo Switch this week. Uh, and then the PS de Resistance uh, of new releases this week. Uh, yet another simulator game is coming to <laughs> PS4. And that would be uh, PC Building Simulator. So you can simulate building a PC on your console. <laughs> and so that's fun, I suppose. I wonder I wonder if you have to go to like Micro Center like five <laughs> times in a day when you keep realizing you don't have the same parts. I assume PC building is very similar to when you're doing like a home improvement project and you make like multiple trips to Lowe's in one day because you keep realizing shit that you need that you didn't think to grab the first time. Apparently, you can build a $1 million PC oh. in PC Building Simulator. Oh, I mean, you got, um, you got, you got to want to run Skyrim at the highest graphic settings you possibly can. So. <laughs> uh, this is a 9 out of 10 on Steam. That should tell you everything you need to know <laughs> about Steam and its community. Um, who, wow. who is the target audience for this game? Because if you have the wherewithal to want to build a PC, chances are... You, you probably do it. PC. <laughs> I find it amazing that this game is on Steam. The PC building simulator is available on PC. This shit, the, these simulator games are creeping very close to the meta line for my liking. <laughs> I told you when 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 podcast simulator comes out, it's 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 fucking all over. Uh, don't say that too loud, man. I'm sure. I'm sure it's already oh. in development. You sit there. It's, you have to try to come up with titles that that give you like a high SEO ranking and shit like like that. that that's what Podcast Simulator is going to be. <laughs> this uh, PC Simulator game has downloadable content. Uh, the overclocked edition content, oh the God. dead stick case, the good company case, and the Razor Workshop. Wow, man, this is this is something. So, well, you got that to look forward to on PS4 this week. Uh, I would say just get No Man's Sky Beyond and uh, and do that there. So let's move right into the news. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about this week. Um, big story coming out last week. Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft have banded together, and they're requiring publishers to disclose loot box odds if they want to be in games that show up on the platform. This was announced last week by the ESA. Uh, and during a workshop on loot boxes that was hosted by the FTC, more on that in a second. Um, here's the quote from Michael Warnicky, who is the ESA's chief counsel of tech policy. He says, quote, I'm pleased to announce this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony have indicated to the ESA a commitment to new platform policies with respect to the use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platforms. Specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot, bot fe loot box features, and it would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on their platforms. End quote. Now, this is something that many games already do. 
Um, EA started last year disclosing pack odds in FIFA Ultimate Team for the first time. Um, I think Epic Games and Fortnite now shows you exactly what is going to be in the loot box before you buy it, which I guess doesn't really make it a loot box at that point <laughs> anymore. Um, I know recently Epic also announced they're going to be removing loot boxes from Rocket League entirely, um, which got them well after launch, but apparently now they are going away. Uh, the, the publishers that have committed to doing this uh, are including Activision, Blizzard, uh, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, EA, Take-Two, uh, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Wizards of the Coast. And they said they're all – the console manufacturers are targeting 2020 uh, for these changes to take effect. Uh, and other publishers say they are hoping to add these features no later than 2020. Micah, what do you think about this? Me personally, I think this is the game industry trying to get out in front of potential government regulation. Yeah, they uh, they better because uh, you don't want the government regulating you because, as we know, government is completely ignorant of video games. I mean, more on one that guy later that, as well. So. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. One guy thought that there's no gun violence in Japan because. Japan doesn't have video games. Well, in the so in in the interest of uh, correct information, apparently that was never said by by Kevin McCarthy. Is what oh, you're really? referring to? Okay. Yeah, yeah. People uh, just Jesus meme that. Christ. Yeah, that was apparently just an, uh, a meme that people made online that people attributed. Is but look, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it messed up that I totally believe that that happened? Oh, absolutely, because it sounds completely rational. Right. Given the like, level of knowledge that these folks have, so but, exactly. but, but like I said, save that. That's coming later in the news docket. Um, we can transition this because we can fold this into the next story. So, like I mentioned, there was an FTC panel um, where they brought in some streamers. Uh, they brought in the ESA publishers, stuff like that, and they were talking to them about loot boxes and how they're representing the industry. Um, one of the one of the upsetting parts of the situation. So there's a gentleman there named Omid Dariani, who's the CEO of the online performers group, uh, who apparently represents many like major, like game streamers, essentially. Like, I guess they're like a talent agency of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was asked by Brittany Frasetto, who is, uh, who is from the FTC about the nature of disclosures that clients have to make during their streams for paid promotion. She asked, in your expertise, and I'm, I'm quoting here, do video game publishers pay these content creators to open loot boxes? Do they pay for the loot boxes? And if so, do they at times give them better odds than the public at large? And how much of that is disclosed? So Dariani responded, quote, companies do pay for that sort of thing. It's pretty uncommon for it to specifically be, quote, hey, you know, hey, just open a bunch of loot boxes. But we've definitely seen that. I've definitely been in a room where a publisher said we could do better odds on the packs that this person opens for promotional purchases, though he did add that that, that it only happened one time. Um, so he, he goes on to talk about how, you know, streamers easily readily disclose this information or at least the fact that, you know, paid promotion is happening because it doesn't affect them in any way, shape or form. And people also kind of assume that like when a FIFA, you know, Pack, you know, a famous FIFA streamer has 50,000, you know, ultimate team coins in their account the day after release. Like EA is probably providing them with, with, you know, a lot of that, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, 
But it does goes to show you that <laughs> we we might like there there's a lot of nefarious stuff potentially going on behind the scenes of this stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, wow. Like this is to to hear it just kind of laid out. Like, yeah, you always think that that could happen, but you know, then then the rational part of you is like, I'll oh, stop being a conspiracy theorist. But like, no, it is literally they can literally flip a switch. And increase odds for something to happen. So this is this is wild, man. And that and that's the kind of shit that people people that are you know feverishly against loot boxes. Like I, this is the side of the argument that I totally understand. When you're manipulating, you know, when you're basically putting on a good face as a PR move. And then the yeah, end, yeah. The, the end user, the right? The end, the end user is not, and and um, it, yeah, that that's very fucking shady. Like that's the kind of shit you can't do. Um, disclosure of odds, I think should, I say should, but it should solve a lot of the transparency issues at least. Now that's not going to stop people who have you know tendencies to want to buy these things from doing it, despite right. the fact that you know. If I open a pack, like a mega pack for FIFA, like the chance of me getting a 85 ranked player is like one in 20. And I know that going in, I'm not the type that's going to spend real money to chase that, but there are definitely people out there who will. I think the next logical step here is to do sort of what, I think it's Apex Legends that does this, that they put bias towards items that you haven't earned yet. When you get a loot box from them. So I think that's the only way that you can do this. Or no, that's that, it is Apex Legends, but I think it's every 30 loot boxes that you open, you're guaranteed to get like a legendary class item. Hmm. And I think that might have to be. So like, like I just mentioned, so like if the odds of a pack are, you know, 85, you know, 5% chance of getting an 85 plus player, then every 20 packs at a minimum, I should be guaranteed to get one of them, right? And again, right. that doesn't solve the problem, but I think that might be the next step is you have to live up to to those odds, I guess you can say. Yeah, that is, that's, I think, the the right way to approach this. I mean, just disclosing, it, look, I play, um, the only mobile game that I play regularly is Mobile Strike Force, right? And that game is nothing but, you know, loot boxes. To, yeah, well, to, it's, it's a mobile it, game. Right. It's a mobile game. I get it. But they disclose uh, odds of getting characters. But you have to find it. Like, it's not readily available. You have to... There's there's a couple different... There's a couple different screens that you kind of have to go through in order to get it. And, yeah, they, they tell you what it is, right? A rare, a rare drop, 1%. An uncommon drop, 12%. Uh, and, and, a different, and a common drop is 80-some-odd percent. So, uh, I mean, having that information, uh, you know, like you said, I don't know what you do with that information. Like, is that going to stop you from buying the, the, this, this pack if you know you want to buy it? If you know you want to run that risk, I, I don't know, but I, I guess this is a step in the right direction, but it doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's enough of a step. It doesn't, it feels like they're just kind of dipping their toe in the water just to, just to placate them, the, the critics. 
Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. It feels disingenuous to me. Mm. Yeah, it's, know, it's like, hard. It's hard to figure out what the end, where, where, where the end of this path is. You know what I mean? Well, look, the, the end of it is to, to do as little, to disclose as little information as possible in order to get people off your back so you can still, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I don't, but I don't know that, I don't know that what they're doing is going to, is going to solve that problem. I think this is too much of a, of a hot issue in the industry right now that is, it, that it's going to be, that, is, that they're going to let it go. You know what I mean? Cause like oh, you yeah. said, disclosure, they, disclosure is great, but it doesn't curb the issue of, you know, the endorphin rush that you get when opening this stuff and, and the fact that it's, you know, could be susceptible to young kids. And again, we talk about all the time of, you know, parents need to learn more about how, how game consoles work and not throw the way, you know, all of the blame on the companies, but at the same time, companies definitely incentivize you wanting to do this stuff. Right. So it's tough. I, like I said, I, I don't know what the end result is. Um, I can't imagine like age gating FIFA. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to make FIFA mature game all of a sudden because of loot boxes. No. So it's very interesting, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see how, how, how fast this issue is, is changing in a relatively short amount of time, I think. So moving on to some really fucking shitty news. So we talked last week about Kyle uh, Gearsdorf, who goes by Bugga, uh, who was the 16-year-old who recently took home $3 million as the solo champion for Fortnite's World Cup event. Well, last weekend, uh, some piece of shit, dickless, fucking awful human garbage being uh, swatted this kid. And, and again, child, he's 16, swatted this kid uh, during his live stream while he was playing Fortnite. So you can, I, I don't know if it's still up on Twitch, but it was on Twitch because he was streaming when it happened. Um, he was interrupted by his father, uh, informing him that armed police officers were at the door. Uh, he came back to the stream shaken up uh, about 10 minutes later, telling his, telling his friends they came in to his house with guns. Uh, he said, luckily one of the people, one of the SWAT officers recognized him and the situation was able to get dissolved pretty quickly. I guess lucky that I guess this guy's kid is a huge Fortnite fanatic and has probably yeah, watched his live stream. Um, but what the fuck? Like what the yeah. actual fuck? It's, it's a, he's a child. He's 16. Like not, not that this shit should be happening in general. Like we've talked about how fucking ridiculous it is that you would call a SWAT team in on someone streaming an online game, but a 16 year old, like fucking seriously after, after, after an innocent person was murdered in 2017 that we've, that we've chronicled on this show. And this is, this is still going to fucking happen. Yeah. After, after the Kansas thing, I thought that right. everyone had a wake up call. Like, Oh shit guys. All right. Maybe we need to calm down with this, you know, Ha ha, quote unquote, joking, you know, swatting shit. But wow, dude. Yeah. Like you said, this is, um, this is gross. This is, this is gross. Swatting anyone is, is despicable, but, uh, it's just that little extra oomph because it is a child. Um, and again, whose, whose only crime is being really good at Fortnite. 
Like this wasn't even a situation better than you. Right. This this wasn't even a situation <laughs> where he, you know, got into it with somebody or or was fu- or, or was fucking get you know going back and forth with somebody. He's just good at the game. Like that's li- like like his crime is notoriety. God damn, man. That's it. I can't believe yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, hate is strong, man. Like, God damn. Like, like, is it because this kid is the best? Is it because he, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it at all. Um, I'm just really glad that nothing happened to him. Or, oh, thank you. Know, thank family goodness. Or anything like that. Yeah. Cause, um, and you know, way to come, wait, Hey, SWAT guy, way to, way to come through and be aware of what your kids are into. Cause you just, <laughs> you just deescalated this situation by knowing who Bugga is. Right. But wow, man. Yeah. It's just gross. I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like we don't have it on the story, but there was an issue of, um, the, the latest basketball game is getting ready to come out and WNBA players are being introduced for the first time. And, um, and, uh, of course, you know, women in anything means it's time to make horrible comments. So one of the, one of the things, one of the game modes in NBA 2K is my career mode. And one of the first comments I saw was, does it have a my kitchen mode? I'm like, yo, come on, yo. Like, that's like a, a, a kitchen joke. Like, that's not even funny anymore, man. I just... So yeah, man. I just after the Kansas thing, I I don't know what the fuck people are thinking, but you know, hate to get political again. Sandy Hook happened, and that didn't stop anybody from doing anything. So it's, I shouldn't be surprised. Like I said, it, it just blew. Like I couldn't believe that story when I saw it today, and I should, like you said, I shouldn't be shocked because the internet fucking sucks, and some dickless incel you know, got hurt, his feelings hurt because he got beaten in a video game. And so he called a SWAT team on somebody. I hope they find the kid that did it and I hope he gets fucking the book thrown at him. Yeah, man. Just like just like the dudes in the Kansas situation did. This is attempted manslaughter, man. <laughs> I, I I mean, I don't know what else to say. So well, we'll move on to another odd situation. So there was a there was a weird happening uh, in the Borderlands world last week, there was this weird boycott uh, that, that that was trending on Twitter, um, where people were trying to boycott Borderlands Three, and it, it centered around this odd story where there there's a there's a prominent Borderlands YouTube content creator uh, who goes by the name Sup Matto, um, and he had published videos leaking. Um, information about Borderlands 3 in the past that either, like, he he was talking about information in his videos that turned out to be correct later on, or, you know, talking about content that wasn't available for public consumption that was still under, you know, embargo of some kind. And so he made a video talking about that Take-Two, who is the publisher of Borderlands, and they own, um, you know, 2K Games, who publishes Borderlands, sent private investigators over to his house to question him about leaks that he had covered on his channel. 
Um, and, and he, and he was like, this is, you know, this is fucked up. He says, quote, they showed up at my home, trespassed on my private property and questioned me. Uh, the topic of discussion was there was a steam or a, a Twitch thing that showed off the new Twitch integrations that Borderlands three, this is several months ago before they were public. And he had, he claims that he received information about a Twitch exploit which allowed users to access the unreleased gameplay footage and data mine new information. So him and people associated with his channel were able to data mine this stuff. Basically they found the private accounts that uh, gearbox was testing these features on and, you know, and data mine this information and talked about it and, you know, 2k got wise and they sent PIs over it to talk about what the fuck was going on because they protect, you know, they they take their trade secrets very seriously is the is the statement that they made. However, um, IGN did a little digging after Supmanal put out his video, and uh, I will go to Matt Kim uh, of IGN, and he talked about the fact that he found out that let's see here uh, that basically Supmanal had been under investigation for a while, and not only from 2k games either uh but also from twitch as well so twitch had been looking into this guy's channel also which i find very interesting also very interesting is the problem is that Submato uh had basically a private discord channel that you could pay five dollars a month to get membership to where he would share this leaked information with you come on if you did it And then his Discord channel also got shut down and come to find out from Discord, they were also investigating him as well for a long period of time. (laughs) Well, you really took me on a roller coaster there. Yeah, I did. So so he thinks that Supmato may not have been quite as forthcoming uh, in his video as he says. Now, it's entirely possible that he... Did not realize what he was getting from them from take two when he when he stumbled upon this exploit was something that they would come after him for. But come on, bro. Like you were selling yeah, access yeah. to this shit and you're and you don't expect to fucking get a knock on your door. Yeah, come on, yo. All right. You know, you found a leak or whatever, and you want to share that leak. You know, there's no reason for, you know, the take two police to come by your house, but like now you're selling this privileged information like like you're some sort of fucking deep throat or some shit. Like, all right, yo. I, mm. Well, and, and plus also, like, he talks about, like, oh, they trespass on my private property, this, that, or the other. It's not the police, dude. It's PIs. Right. Like, like I, I know that we, you know, we're probably in our heads, like, thinking, like, it's like the fucking movie where the mob sends over, like, a couple of fucking big jacked Italian dudes to lean on you and break some legs and shit like that. But in reality, it was probably two middle-aged white guys that are retired police officers that you didn't have to talk to, by the way. You're under right. no obligation to talk to those people. You have to open your door. Right. You you could have called the police. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently 2K does not plan, or Take-Two does not plan on pursuing legal action against him. Uh, his Discord was taken down. He's He's now, you know, boohooing and saying, well, I don't even know if I want to play Borderlands 3 now. Yeah, all right. See you, see you on the 13th. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the boycott Borderlands 3 hashtag uh, had a day and then uh, 
Matt Kim from IGN kind of pulled a little bit more back on the story. <laughs> so good but, job, uh, Matt Kim. Yeah. See, investigative journalism. He's coming. He's coming for that Jason Schreier crowd. Now he's just got to get yeah. inroads at studios with troubled, uh, troubled development teams, basically. So, <laughs> uh, we talked about Twitch. Uh, Twitch had a real bad week last week in general. Um, we talked last week about how uh, Ninja Tyler Blevins, uh, one of the most popular Twitch streamers in the world, left Twitch to sign an exclusive deal with Mixer to stream on there. Well. Twitch unverified him because he's not a Twitch partner anymore. And they did something that I don't agree with. So obviously Ninja still has a ton of followers on his Twitch channel. That doesn't change just because you're not a partner. But Twitch has a feature that when you're offline, you can elect to host other streams that go up. So like, for example, the Dense Pixels uh, Brad account will host Terrence's Twitch stream whenever Terrence plays and host, host Carrie's Twitch stream whenever she plays if I'm not on Twitch, which I've never. So I, it's really just the Terrence <laughs> and Carrie channel. Well, Twitch was using his channel to do the same, but without his content or his, his <laughs> consent rather. And here's the big problem. Uh, <laughs> this is so fucking silly. Yesterday, the top stream that Twitch had his his ninja's channel promoting was a pornography stream that somehow Yo. made its way <laughs> onto Twitch. Oh shit. So Tyler Blevins was pissed. Um, I feel like rightfully so. Like he, like he's like, you know, he's, he's like, he said, quote, I've been streaming for eight years to build that brand and build that, build that channel. There's a porn account that was number one recommended on my channel. And I have no say in any of this. Um, he called for the advertisements and the channel to be removed. Um, and Twitch has done this. They've removed all the advertised streams from the channel. Uh, the, the porn promotion was not intended. Uh, Twitch CEO Emmett Shear apologized to Tyler Blevins on Twitter uh, about this. But holy shit. That yeah. was fucking uh, unbelievable. That that like like. <laughs> How did they allow that to happen in their algorithm? Yeah, man. What is going? <laughs> um, yeah, this is why I don't. This is the reason why I don't mess with Twitch. Oh, I'm sure this that's. I'm sure. I'm sure this. that's the. I'm sure that's why. <laughs> I'm sure that's why. Uh, apparently, also besides this whole happening, uh, many in Twitch are upset because there is a famous streamer streamer named Alinity Divine. Uh, who was accused of dropping a racial slur while on stream. Um, she claims that uh, she, English is not her first language and she mispronounced and mumbled words. Uh, I didn't catch what the racial slur was that she was accused of laying down on somebody. Uh, this is a streamer who has also uh, been criticized for throwing her cat mid-broadcast. <sighs> Uh, and spitting vodka into a cat's mouth during another broadcast. But she's never received any uh, reprimands or negative knocks for any of this behavior. Of course, oh, because she's cute, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Of all course, right. Uh, this is coming on the heels just a couple months ago of Dr. Disrespect getting banned from Twitch for filming inside of a bathroom during E3, only to return to the platform mere weeks later. Um, 
you got to be careful about this kind of shit. And because yeah. th- this is definitely not the time for this stuff to be happening right now if you're Twitch. Yeah, no kidding. Like, one, does does anyone know, like, 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 has it, have parents stopped raising their children to have shame and humility? Well, not to get political. <laughs> but, uh, shit flows from the top of the hill. Like <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, yeah, Twitch. What is you know? You guys have Amazon money, correct? Uh, they do. Uh, this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> you better not raise the ire of Big Daddy Bezos. So this um, is this is the problem when you have personalities that become bigger than your platform, and that's not Twitch's fault. Because they, you know, you can't control how how a channel can grow, right? I mean, that's not right. But you gotta you gotta lay down lay down the law of this stuff, and the, and the ninja stuff is, I mean, that's just them fucking piggybacking that's, on his success, and that's you know, I don't agree with that. Like, it's probably it's probably in it's probably allowed to be done. Like, I'm sure there's something buried deep in that terms of service that you sign that allows them to do that stuff. But yeah. the fact that they don't, except for you know, in general, except for this you know, very high profile circumstance tells me all I need to tell. But as far as policing your, your creators, I don't care how popular somebody is. And I don't really care how much ad revenue they're making you. It is detrimental to your platform as a whole to not get this shit corralled. Basically. Yeah. You have to, like you said, you have to, they need you. And that's the, that's the attitude that you need to have. They need you. You don't need them. And, you know, it is, we've had to get rid of, of people on this network who, you know, they have fans, people ask, but it's, you know, things happen and you can't let, you can't let Matthew get too big for his britches. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, this is this is unacceptable for Twitch. It's not like they're some, you know, new streaming service and they're they're experimenting or anything. No, they're like they're like Kleenex. When you think streaming, you think Twitch. That's the thing too. Like it's not it's not as if that there is a major competitor for them yet. Mixer might be that one day, but they're not right now. Right. And YouTube, like as big as YouTube is, they're still not on the same level. As Twitch no. when it comes to live streaming. So, yeah, like if you if you kick Dr. Disrespect off your platform, is that a lot of ad revenue that you're going to lose out on? Is he probably just going to go to YouTube and just set up shop over there? Yeah, probably. But I feel like that a lot of people like I, I don't know. I don't know how the metrics work out where how many people that you keep happy by getting him off um, the platform as opposed to keeping him on. This is the same thing for like Twitter though. Like Twitter's in the same boat as well where I don't understand why they don't clamp down harder consistently on people because they're the only game in town. Like we're the, like like if you fucking knock the president off Twitter for being a racist, where's he going to go? Right. You going to go to Gab? Who cares? No right. one's on Gab. Like what's the problem? Like uh, this is your the <laughs> This is your house. 
you're not just going to let anybody come in and run roughshod in it. Like you have to, you have to take some pride in your platform. And and that's the other problem too, is that I'm sure there are people that do get banned for similar offenses, but because they don't have the, the stroke that, you know, high, higher profile people do. It just looks like that different people have different sets of rules and, and the community doesn't like that. I know that for sure. It's, it, it's, it's, it's befuddling to me that they, uh, that they can't, you know, get this shit figured out. So yeah, fucking master race <laughs> bad. Like I said, real bad week for Twitch. Hopefully it gets better. So some good news this week. Um, we, we talk all the time how celebrities sometimes get really bent out of shape about stuff. Um, I remember Lindsay Lohan trying to fucking sue Rockstar and take two over a character that was portraying her in satire in Grand Theft Auto five. Uh, so thank you, Gene Simmons for doing this shit the right way, because apparently there is a new Pokemon that's coming. Uh, there, so the, the Pokemon is called the Galarian Zigzagoon, and he has an evolution that is called Obstagoon that, that, that you can evolve him into, uh, that bears more than a passing resemblance, uh, to one Gene Simmons of kiss fame. And, uh, people of course called attention to this on Twitter. Uh, they let him know what was going on. Uh, but then in an interview with Newsweek last week, Gene Simmons says, quote, Pokemon has been a part of our household for decades, ever since our kids first discovered them. And to see Pokemon pay homage to Kiss is flattering. You know what? I am surprised because Gene Simmons is notoriously known for trying to make a buck off of anything <laughs> kiss. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that he is taking this in the spirit in which it was intended. Uh, good for you. Now go out there and sell those kiss coffins. <laughs> is that really a thing? Yes, it is. I'm not surprised. <laughs> wow. So that you can rock hard into the afterlife, I guess. No, that's it's it's that is a good thing. And yeah, they look like they look like not like the first phone doesn't look like Gene Simmons. No, right? no, like, no, not not the not the regular one, but the but the Obstagoon evolution. Yeah. Which are are they just typing like letters into a random name generator? <laughs> like like I feel I feel like that to name Pokemon now, like they're taking actual words. And then putting it into like a nonsense angra- anagram generator. And that's how they come up with these names. <laughs> so they'll put in like, you know, like fucking tongue, you know, tongue horse, and it'll come out with Obstagoon or something like that. So that's, that's, that's how this is probably working at this point. I love how this website shows a picture of the Obstagoon and Gene Simmons and then has a caption clarifying <laughs> which, which is, is which. which. <laughs> How would you know? I mean, they're so similar. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, everyone uh, recalls that E3 might have been, it was like 2017. This was a couple of E3s ago, actually, where Microsoft and Mojang announced the Minecraft Super Duper Graphics Pack downloadable content expansion, which was an optional add on that would add uh, HD 
you know, super great graphics to this game made up of pixelated blocks, but it was going to look really good. It was going to look really awesome. And apparently that's been delayed and delayed and delayed until finally Mojang said today uh, that they've ended development on the super duper graphics pack, uh, calling the feature quote, too technically demanding to implement. <laughs> now look, we, we just, Minecraft is a game that has a ton of different, you know, textures and effects and assets and all this other stuff. So I, I'd imagine that it would be difficult to add, you know, an HD sheen of polish onto all of these things. But it is still pretty funny to look at a game that looks the way that Minecraft does and to hear that putting on HD graphics is too tech- technically demanding to implement. I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna make these solid colors in a variety of them in HD? Like, how is it possible? I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It seems like the big problem was how the pack performed across different devices. So I'm pretty sure that it worked great on like PC and Xbox One X, for example, but maybe not so great on say Nintendo Switch or <laughs> your, or your phone, perhaps. Um. <laughs> So they said they're looking into other ways for you to experience Minecraft with a new look in the wake of this news. Man, I, you know, of all the games that um, have just passed me by, you know, the, um, the Fortnites and the PUBGs and all that, you know, like, I at least understand those games. I still, for the life of me, just do not understand the enjoyment of Minecraft. I mean, it's the same enjoyment that, you derive from like a little big planet if you get into the creation tools, I guess. Mm. So I, I guess. Oh, it's 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 not, it's not of our generation. No, it is not. And imagine <laughs> and imagine <laughs> one day your son will play a game that will be that will be vexing to you in in the most incredible ways. Yeah. And then you as will long, feel as old as you possibly can. As long as it's not Minecraft. Well, I, th- I think they'll. I think he'll he'll be on to something else by the time he's of age to check yeah. out video games. So, um, the last bit of news stories are a twofer. And if you guys tuned in last week and you heard my my uh, my my little statement followed by Terrence's statement followed by Micah's statement on the gun violence that happened in El Paso and Dayton a couple weeks ago, uh, you know that we were loath to want to talk about the effect that video games have on gun violence, which is no effect as we pointed out last week. And yet Walmart and EA are forcing us. Well, I shouldn't even say EA. Walmart and ESPN are forcing us to talk about this shit for the second week in a row, because over this past week, Walmart has decided to remove at least temporarily violent video game signage in all of their stores. Yet, they still sell firearms <laughs> in their locations. Yeah, yeah. That'll solve it. <laughs> <laughs> They're removing the signage. Are, are they removing the games? Nope. The games will still be there. Um, but any advertising, any events, any trailers, anything like that have been removed. Because, of course, you know, if you walk into a Walmart and see any of these images that you're immediately going to want to kill everyone in the area around you, which is fortunate because you can just go buy a gun 
from the Walmart that you're in in order to do that. So thank goodness they have removed these these violence-inspiring images from their store uh, so that no more shooter, shooters will be incited to commit such violence in their, uh, in their locations. I'm sure that this was specifically because one of these shootings in El Paso happened inside of a Walmart store. Um, and we should tie in the other part of this story as well. So ESPN has delayed until October uh, the Apex Legends tournament highlights that they were planning on airing uh, on ESPN2, quote, out of respect for the victims and all those impacted in the immediate aftermath of the shootings. And so when I look at this story and I look at what happened at Walmart and they say, oh, this is being done in, in, for respect of the victims of these shootings. Why these shootings aside from the Walmart connection? So if you're EA and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to slightly read your point that, that I heard, you know, Jim Sterling make about this as well. And I thought it was a good one. There's a mass shooting in this country pretty much every week. Like we're actually averaging multiple mass shootings per week so far in the year 2019 in this yeah, country. Yeah, the, the ratio is over one. Yes, well over one to, <laughs> to that effect. It's actually over like, it's damn close to like nine or ten, actually. Jesus. So if you're going to do it for this mass shooting, in theory, you should probably do it for the next mass shooting, which will happen probably next week sometime and the week after that. And the week after that, and the week after that. So you'll just never air these Apex Legends highlights. You'll never have, you know, violent video game advertisements in your Walmart stores. But you will still sell guns. Something that you could probably consider stopping to do, which might remove some of the wrong people that do get guns to be able to acquire them. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> You and your you and your wacky ideas. Of course, that's not going to work. Uh, you know what is going to work? Uh, taking down the cardboard. <laughs> That'll work. Well, every, everyone knows that's that also found at the scene of the Dayton shooting, for example, was a a Borderlands Three standee with its multitude of guns bursting up from flowers and and whatnot. Oh wait, that wasn't there at all. Perhaps a <laughs> copy of Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Oh no. There wasn't a video game to be seen at the site of the shooting. Could it be perhaps that has nothing to do with it at all? Yeah, this is, this is, this more so than the uh, first story we talked about, about, you know, placing the odds of loot boxes to, you know, kind of placate, you know, kind of keep the, uh, the critics at bay. This is, this just, I was, uh, I was miffed at that. This is, this makes me mad, man, because this is not doing anything. You know why? You else, know you, it's not doing anything. You know why else this makes me mad? Because I remember about almost eighteen years ago. We're 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 almost eighteen years to the month ago, where the worst terrorist attack in the history of this country on our soil happened, and I seem to remember the Republican president at the time made a really big point. To say that if you allow this to disrupt your day-to-day -day life, your daily life, then you are then the terrorists win. And so I wonder why that same logic 
is not applied to terrorism, which is, this is what it is. It, it is, it is domestic terrorism in this circumstance. That's very well, peculiar to me. Uh, you see, that's where you're wrong. You see, domestic terrorism doesn't exist. It doesn't. Unless, you know, it's those two black dudes who were going around the, the DMV shooting people from a, from a blue caprice in a van, shooting people at gas stations. That's domestic terrorism. But going into a Walmart and shooting up the place? No, no, that's not domestic terrorism. That's just the lone wolf who didn't know any better and we had to take him into custody. Uh, I just, this is, I mean, if there was any more of a reason to not go to Walmart, if you're a video game fan, like this is, this is it. They're not, they don't care. Well, and, and, he, care. Well, and here, and here's the really fucking cynical side of me. That's about to come out. How interesting that Walmart and Disney because they're the ones that are on ESPN, last I checked, by the way. Yeah. How, how convenient that Walmart and Disney, the massive beneficiary of sweeping tax cuts uh, that happened to be passed in this country last year. How, how interesting that they're more – those two companies specifically are more than happy to carry the water of the Republican Party talking points around this specific incident that is fascinating that that is the that that is the case in this specific situation why it's almost as if that it's a sort of quid pro quo not that i'm suggesting that the tax cuts happen to give them you know backup for the next mass shooting that would happen but it's just really fucking interesting that on the heels of that happening walmart and disney are more than happy to just be like, yeah, let's let's spread this dumb bullshit that everyone knows is a crock. <laughs> spread it around. Very, I, I, very strange. Very strange to me if that's the case. Sometimes being an adult really gets on my nerves. Like I really wish I could just be an ignorant little kid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, man. It's not um I don't know. It, this this makes me mad to the point where I'm I'm damn near speechless. It's not that I have some sort of unnatural love for video games and I want to see them. You know, they can't be touched. No, I'm I'm all for regulation and shit like that. But this is not the problem, and that's the that's the frustrating part is that we all know what the problem is, but it seems like. It seems like our government and these companies are just trying to gaslight us into thinking that the problem isn't what we all know it is. Because it's all I, they have. That's all they can do because they know that they can't speak on the actual thing. And I'm, talk and I'm talking about the party in relative power right now, by the way. Because there's only one party that doesn't want to talk about guns in the wake of what we saw and what we always see with these incidents. So I'm listen, I'm I'm just fucking pissed off that anybody took the bait. That anybody swam up and 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 fucking got it. And again, you can see a glimmer of yeah, I get it. 
I understand why Walmart might want to be this way, but it's it rings hollow when you're willing to pull down cardboard adverts, but you're not willing to look at your policy of selling guns right in like, your store. <laughs> like like if you had done all of it together, I'd be like overreacting on the video game thing, but I get it. But the fact that you're only doing one thing and definitely not doing the other exposes it for what it fucking is. Right. So fuck you, Walmart. Uh, fuck you, Disney. And uh, God, I hope we don't talk about this shit next week. But I have a feeling that we will because something else dumb is going to happen between yeah. now and then. Yeah, I wouldn't take that bet of not talking about it next week, unfortunately. Right. So, a bit of housekeeping before we get into SummerSlam. Don't forget to go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Click the subscribe button. Uh, we're hopefully going to get back to posting a video. The video file last week was fucking jacked up, so I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, but we normally post this podcast in video format every week. Uh, if I ever do live streaming, it's on our YouTube channel. So, again, youtube.com slash densepixels. Make sure no matter what app you use for your podcasts, you subscribe to this show, Den- or Black on Black Cinema, the Nerdpocalypse and Coming Distractions, all members of the TNP Studios Network. And, of course, if you're not a premium member, go to densepixels.com slash premium. You can sign up for $5 a month or $50 for the entire year. Weekly episodes of the Look Forward Political Podcast, uh, No Time to Bleed, our action movie podcast, The Area of Grievances, which just had a new episode posted last week. Uh, me and Mike are going to find time to record this goddamn Mission Impossible 3 episode for Men yes, of the Golden will. Tongues. Uh, and it's going to be fucking awesome because you can watch me yell at a movie that everyone loves. Uh, but I, for some reason, do not. So you'll have to find out there. Densepixels.com slash premium. Uh, so SummerSlam was last night. Uh, one of the big four, of course, for WWE. Sometimes better than WrestleMania. You get different types of feuds than you normally see at WrestleMania. Um, it was an interesting SummerSlam, I will say. And that comes, that's a loaded term that comes with a lot. I wanted to talk about TakeOver briefly first. Uh, you and I both watched NXT TakeOver over the weekend. Um, it was a good, not great TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the tag matches, the tag match was fine. Um, See, I, I'm, a, I'm biased. I really, really like good tag team wrestling. And um, it, I, I found it... Uh, I found it really, really good. I, th- I thought it was a, a really good match. Like I said, I, I thought it was fine. And, and just because I didn't see a whole lot outside of what those two teams normally give us. Because, you know, I'm a huge fucking Undisputed Era, specifically Kyle O'Reilly stand. And I, I, you didn't get to see all the Kyle O'Reilly stuff in yeah. that match that you normally see. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It was, it was the right match to open the show with. Um, yeah. You had uh, the, the match of the night, aside from the main event, which was going to be match of the night regardless, to me was the Io Shirai Candice LeRae match. I thought that those two did a spectacular job. Uh, yeah. One of the best matches of the weekend. Uh, the Velveteen Dream, uh, Roderick Strong, Pete Dunn match was what you would expect. There was it, That match did not go, did not follow the script that I thought it would, I guess you can say. Um, just some cool spots in that match that I didn't expect to see, though I've seen that exact finish in person because they, they tried it out on the house show tour yeah. uh, with Velveteen Dream <laughs> retaining his title. Uh, so I wasn't too surprised to see that. Um, I thought the women's title match was all right. 
I'm I'm kind of tired of Shayna Baszler. I, you know what? I'm not. I was actually a little let down by Mia Yim, who looked half a step uh, off compared to Shayna Baszler in that match. In terms of the match itself, I'm fine with the result. Uh, I'm not terribly impressed with Mia Yim yet, um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of Shayna Baszler. Now, the main event of of TakeOver, good Lord. Like, like we don't even have to talk about the first two falls of that match because TN, or, uh, TNA, well, 40 had slipped there. NXT uh, basically did the lethal lockdown for the yeah. third fall of Johnny Gargano <laughs> versus Adam Cole. And that was a fucking wild ride, man. Yeah, man. It was uh it was it was good. It was really, really good. It was it was a fun thing to watch, man. Um that match went almost an hour. Yeah, because when I was looking at it, you know, I'm 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 stop and go, stop and go, right? So uh when it came to that and I saw that there was a good hour left right mm-hmm. at the beginning, I'm like, yo, how long how many I thought this was the main event. You know what I mean? Um yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, man. Like these are like these NXT matches. I, I don't get to watch a lot of NXT TV, but uh, I do try to watch all the takeovers and and uh, I know enough about the people that you know. I could, the WWE does a very good job with their um, packages. Oh, and, and the the build to this match was fucking great because Adam Cole was being a fucking scumbag in the lead yeah, up. There. Like, he, like he literally <laughs> went to Cleveland. Johnny Gargano showed down, went to his dad's pizza shop, like put up a signed Adam Cole picture in the pizza <laughs> shop, then went to jo- like fucking Johnny Gargano's old wrestling school and basically told everyone there to fucking stop wrestling because you don't have a future ahead of you in this <laughs> business. <laughs> that Johnny Gargano's the bad guy for making you think that you might become NXT champion one day and filling your, <laughs> fill your head with fucking dr- delusions of grandeur. That's, that's fucking great. That's great healing right there. I love it. So yeah, it, it, this is this is one of those situations where it's like, I really hope they don't get called up. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, they, they 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 gave apparently they gave Gargano the uh, the send off after the cameras went off the air last night. Uh oh. Well, so, I guess we know what's happening tonight. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but just just a great match and a note for uh, all elite wrestling. Hey, look, you can have a really brutal hardcore match. Without making it uncomfortable to watch. Who'd have thought that that, that, that could be done in 2019? Maybe yeah, blood is overrated in this day and yeah, age. I, don't, I guess. You don't, you don't need a lot of blood to, to tell a good story and to make it look brutal, man. Like, like that's that's the cheap way out. And then, yeah, you know, this ain't the 90s, yo. Like, and if they're going to, if, if, if all elite is going to, going to, treat wrestling like it did in the 90s like i'm looking forward to watching wednesday night dynamite or whatever it's called <laughs> but i hope it's, it's called wednesday night dynamite now what i it, think it's gonna be called wednesday what night dynamite. what an 80s fucking <laughs> show title <laughs> if if they if they treat wednesday night dynamite like 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 wrestling from the 90s one, I'm not gonna want to watch that every week, and two, it's not gonna last long, man. Like the night, like I'm gonna need wrestling fans to take their nostalgic goggles off and just, just really remember the '90s, man. It was gross, dude. Uh, here, here's how you should properly remember the '90s. Uh, look back fondly on all of these great wrestling 
programs that you remember watching. Now think, stop and think about how many of those people that you watched in the 90s are still with us on the planet Earth today. <laughs> yeah, man. Because there's about 50% of them who are not. <laughs> Time Limit Draw did SummerSlam 90 uh, in, in their last episode a couple of weeks ago. And li- in literally every single match on the card, there was at least one wrestler, if not more than one wrestler, who was dead. And Jeez. this event happened not even 30 years ago. God damn. <laughs> and it was really fucking hilarious that they did it because as they were listing each guy, every time they listed uh, one of the wrestlers who was dead, uh, there was an Undertaker gong that they put in. <laughs> I was fucking losing it. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a regular part of that show now. I was like, who's dead from this from this pay-per-view? Let's find out. So, oh, so like I said, if, if, you, if you'd like your favorite new AEW stars to, you know, last well into their 50s, maybe uh, maybe tone down the violence. A wee yeah, bit. man. So, yeah, man. <laughs> so anyway, anti-AEW diatribe over. We get to the main SummerSlam card. Uh, we'll, we'll breeze through the pre-show. Uh, they used a Buddy Murphy match against Apollo Crews to further uh, the Rowan, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Buddy Murphy, whodunit weird story that they surprisingly didn't advance at all, except outside of this occurrence during SummerSlam. Uh, I don't mind that. Um, you know, a lot of one of the big things there are a couple big complaints that I hear from uh, the some of the English uh, wrestling fans whose YouTube shows I watch, um, and it's one one of them is you know about building story. And while this story, the Roman Reigns, like who's trying to kill Roman Reigns, um, story is intriguing enough. Like. SummerSlam is a pay-per-view where stuff like that gets gets blown off, right? Like like that's that a big four pay-per-view is supposed to be the culmination of something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, use this to keep building building story, building story, building story. That's that's one complaint that I hear from from people, and which I agree with, right? Like there are few like really 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 long-term feuds. Um and I'm not saying this has to be a long-term feud, but like tease this out a bit. You know what I mean? We all know it's going to be one of the Uso brothers at the end of the day. Yeah, really, really, yeah. really, really call that that uh, that old angle. Right. They they did, they it, did I, it for I, the rock. I, I did it for the Uso. Like all right, <laughs> yo, all right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so uh, we also got to see. Uh, I, I I'm pretty sure for the first time since he's retired, uh, Edge actually got physical. In a WWE ring, uh, he speared Elias, uh, who was doing a fantastic job trolling the Toronto crowd. Look, man, the Raptors just won an NBA title. It's it'd be it's very difficult to shit on that shit on Toronto as a sports city coming on the wake of a basketball of a of a of a major sports championship. Yeah. But of course, in Canada, <laughs> all you have to do is mention the fact that the Maple Leafs haven't won a cup. Since 1967. <laughs> That's all you got to do. I uh, I love Elias. One, I didn't know Elias was that big. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude's huge. And two, like, I really need him to be back 
like, 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 here's the thing with Elias, right? Like, I don't know what I like more about Elias, his impeccable mic work, or like, I don't even know if he can go. Like, can he wrestle? Like, yes. he's good. He, he's he's a good, not great wrestler. Okay, but he's not. But he's not. But he's not gonna like shit the bed. Like, like it's not like he's gonna give you like a half a star match. Like he's he can go. Um, he's probably he's not gonna carry a match, but he can he 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 can hold up his end basically. Because I would like to see him do more. They they were they were pushing him for the briefest of moments earlier this year, and it was just kind of fleeting. It didn't really it didn't really sustain itself in anything. Yeah. So so we'll see. And then uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defended their. Tag team championships against former champions, the Iconics, who I'm always happy to see on any WWE television show. I love the Iconics. They're fan- they're 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 great for all the all the right reasons. Yes, they are. They are perfect. Like just annoying heels. Like like they are. They they do annoying heel better than um, uh, Vicky Guerrero ever did for me. Well, because the fans actually like like them, like like, like she had like the Xbox heat, whereas they yeah, just, they get yeah. booed because because the the fans are playing along. Yeah, so very cool. Um, and Alexa Bliss had Buzz Lightyear themed ring gear, which was also <laughs> hilarious. So we move on to the show proper. Uh, we open with the we opened with Becky Lynch uh, retaining her her Raw Women's Championship against Natalia in a submission match. Uh, I confess that I did not get a chance to watch this match. I was repairing my grill at the time and then cooking dinner. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, I did go back and watch the recap. Apparently it was a fierce match that had some cool uh, variations on how they applied their submission maneuvers. I think they each went to put each other's submission maneuver on as well. Uh, it was a hard-hitting match. It was also very interesting to me that Becky Lynch, because um, I saw the introductions, got a better than mixed reaction from the Canadian crowd wrestling against one of their, uh, you know, famous, famous, uh, wrestlers coming from there. That's how annoying Natalia is. <laughs> I didn't watch this match just cause, uh, I had to run out and get something. And, and then I was like, Oh man, I'm going to miss, you know, the first part of SummerSlam. And then, uh, when I didn't see this match, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't really miss anything. <laughs> Just because I'm not a look, not taking anything away from the their wrestling abilities, which I think are you know great. Both of these characters are uh, like Becky Lynch is starting to get on my nerves, and Natalia is just I've never liked Natalia. I just I just never have. It's interesting that you say Becky's starting to get any nerve she's still very hot right now but i agree with you in that her character is not really evolving that right. much or it hasn't been since wrestlemania really that yeah. i've seen um the because set, they, the, they they fucked up and they she's run through everybody right and this and and also the seth rollins diversion was not like like i feel like that was forced i don't i don't feel like that they came by that very naturally and yeah. it, it it's weird so like <laughs> So there's an episode of Friends from way back in the day. You were you were a Friends watcher, right? I was not a Friends oh, watcher. I was a, a Seinfeld watcher. Damn it! So basically, Chandler was dating an actress, um, and there was a play that she was in where she gets like hot and heavy romantically with uh, her her male co star in this play, basically. Mm-hmm. And so Joey told him that the way you can tell 
if any, basically he suspected her of having an affair with him. And Joey said the way you can tell if they're having an affair is if that they ha- don't have a lot of chemistry on the stage, it means they're saving it for the sheets. But <laughs> but if, but if there's a lot of chemistry going on on stage, then they're not then they're probably not sleeping together. Because because that's where all the chemistry is laid from, and that's what I, that's all I can think about when I watch <laughs> Becky, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins team together because they had no chemistry whatsoever at all. So they must be a great couple in real life because it didn't translate on screen whatsoever. Yeah, man, they must be they must be doing it every night and twice on Sundays because <laughs> they don't they it feels it feels manufactured. You know what I mean? Like like John Cena and Nikki Bella, right? Like. Nobody believed that was going to make it right. Just because I've seen John Cena, I've seen John Cena in the ring and I've seen his close to what I think his real personality is out of the ring. And neither one of them looked like they would fit with any type of personality that Nikki Bella had. So I'm just like, yo, what is going on? And that's the same thing I get here. Just two awkward dopes if i can use <laughs> becky's terminology two awkward dopes just put together and say you're a couple now i just i don't i don't see it man that's fair um so fo- following this up i mean look we knew Dolph Ziggler was going to get smoked by goldberg <laughs> right. here um i'm surprised they let him nail two super kicks on goldberg right. in this match <laughs> of course goldberg got gets the kick out at one because it's Goldberg. Right. So what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> this this match was here, I think, partially so that Goldberg didn't have to go out on the horrendous match that he apparently wrestled against The Undertaker during the Saudi, the most recent Saudi Blood Money show <laughs> that, that, that they did. Um, so, so I guess I appreciate them letting him look strong here. Uh, and also, who wouldn't want to see Dolph Ziggler sell for Goldberg? Yo, I would let uh, look Dolph Ziggler. You can sell for me anytime, buddy, because he's he is he's very good at what he does, and he there's a very specific reason why you put Dolph Ziggler in a match with someone because you want to make you want to make that other guy look good, and Dolph Ziggler will make you look good. Do you do you think Dolph sell, Dolph's selling of the spear was? More over the top or less over the top than the bar which I judge all oversells by, and that is the rock selling the Stone Cold Stunner. Oh man. Um no, I think it is under I think it is under that, and I think it is under do you remember um I think it was a SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam oh, 05? Yes. Well that, that yeah. that's that's the that's the I extreme mean, that is... other end of the scale. Like that like yeah. like you like you have on, on the scale selling you have on the extreme ends, you have Undertaker in the early 90s on one extreme. You have these Shawn Michaels, under, uh, Hulk Hogan sell on the opposite extreme. And then right in the middle is the rock selling of the Stone Cold Stunner. And then you can, yeah. you can judge any sell job based on that scale entirely. Yeah, I I think I think Dolph's selling is, is uh, underneath the rock selling a stunner. It I would is, agree with you. Yeah, it is believable, but at the same time, it's not like The Rock. Like, like I saw a, somebody made a video of The Rock selling a Stone Cold Stunner. Like this, these two amateur guys. They were uh, was it like one? one of, was it like rock. one of the gifts that just is able to run like in perpetuity, basically, and it, and it works? 
So he was no, this wasn't the real guys, right? Like these were two just wrestling fans, oh, okay. I see, right? I see. And it was it wasn't a gift, it was a video. And the one guy did the stunner, and the other guy uh as the rock, right? Like like bitch tits rock, right? Because he had the shirt on and the Adidas pants. He he took the stunner and then just did 57 backflips <laughs> like just handspring backflips because of the and then fell down and then was pinned it's hilarious and uh, an underrated selling of the stone cold stunner was scott hall selling it at wrestlemania x8 by the way uh, where he I'm looks like he got he got back. fired into like a spring-loaded cannon and just like shot backwards basically when he got like like he, he did the flat back sell like the, he did like the shane mcmahon sell um yeah. but but it was uh but it was but he looked like he leapt like three feet in the air what he did, it was fucking hilarious. Who, uh, and I guess I shouldn't really count these people because, you know, they're old, but who did it worse? Linda McMahon selling a stunner or Donald Trump selling a stunner? I, I would, I mean, you have to give the nod to to Donald Trump, I think, on that <laughs> one. China, China also sold it pretty poorly uh, the first time that she took it as well. And again, I, I Austin's somewhat to blame for that, like he was taking it easy. Yeah, when he did that to some folks, uh, but you know, you got you got to put you got to put him into it a little bit. Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta follow through. So, but yeah, Dolph Ziggler, of course, got his ass kicked. He's gonna be wrestling the Miz uh, tonight in the match that we all thought we were gonna get, uh, and this was probably better, honestly. Like it was probably better just to watch Goldberg go out there and beat the shit at a golf at a Dolph Ziggler, and Ziggler kept calling him back to the ring after the match as well, and he just kept getting speared. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, so next up, we had AJ Styles successfully defending the United States Championship against Ricochet, uh, decked out in full Nightwing gear, <laughs> uh, as we saw. Um, I don't know. Like this match, there there was something that just seemed off with it. Um, look, Ricochet plays a face in peril better than just about anybody in the company that they have yeah. right now. That's his. That's his mo. Like he's going to spend. 75% of the match getting his ass beat. And the and to me the outcome was also never in doubt for this either. Um I I had no inclination that Ricochet was going to win this match. There was some cool stuff. I mean a one, a one-legged springboard is pretty fucking impressive because he was because basically selling that his knee was jacked the entire match. Yeah. Yeah. He um he used uh, Gallows and Anderson as um stepping stones at one point to to get to AJ on the outside of the ring. Um that was uh that was kind of cool. I like watching Ricochet. He he can be a bit of a, you know, spot fest guy. Um, oh, he absolutely is. So but, that's, that's uh, for sure. Yeah, I I say I say that with like, you know, muted sarcasm. Like yeah, <laughs> like He's a spot fest guy. There's a reason why every big pay-per-view he comes dressed as a goddamn superhero, right? Because he's doing all this flippy dippy shit. Um but no, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was I thought this match was slightly better than fine. Unlike the next match, which I thought was just like I wasn't into it. That's fair. Um I do appreciate that it seemed like after the match, like AJ was gonna leave ricochet alone like 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 he he did a good job of the face acting you'd be like man this dude fucking just poured his heart out and did it on one leg and and i kind of gained some respect for him and he's like nah yeah. fuck that beat the shit out of him gals and Anderson. <laughs> they, they they did the fucking the the og club beat down or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves nowadays 
The OC. I'm going to need you to find a new name other than the OC because that's all I think of is Orange County. That Orange County TV show, The OC. Like, so my uh, wife says, she's like, wasn't there like a show called The OC on the CW? I'm like, yeah, close. It's like you're, <laughs> you're network adjacent on, 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 on that one. So you six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Um, the, the next match you're referring to is Bailey successfully retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ember Moon. Um, I agree with you that it felt unspectacular. I thought it was solid. Uh, I think part of the reason that it was weird is because the build to the match was odd. Like they did the weird, like respect build where they tagged together every week and, you know, they were like, they didn't really get too physical with each other before, before, it, you know, the match actually happened and that kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of weird. And then the crowd also was dead for this match, which was a shame. Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, this was a potty break match and, um, you know, it was one of those weird double face matches, which, mm. you know, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of the double face. Like the double heel is fine because there's usually a heel that everybody just kind of loves. He's more like an anti face, mm-hmm. like, like, like Samoa Joe is an anti face, but I, uh, you know, to, to, and, and these are like Ember's a face and, and, and Bailey's like a super baby face, right? Like well, and and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I I think Bailey benefits from working working under basically, and yeah. and getting her the shit kicked out of her. Like she she she's best when she's the underdog. And like yeah. you said, wrestling against another an, another good guy is not not going to be as intriguing. Uh, I don't think. That being said, uh, pretty sick top rope uh, Bailey to belly suplex to to end the match. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, but, uh, it, it, it was okay. Both, both are great wrestlers. Yep. Um, it just, the match just didn't click with me that much. Uh, what did click, uh, Kevin Owens defeating Shane McMahon. So look like, like, like the, the heel, you know, special enforcer that's aligned with the authority figure is a very tired trope that's been done to death. Like, like, like you're not going to invent new ways to do it. They didn't do anything different with that trope in this match. They just had fun with it. It was yeah. fucking fun. Like Kevin Owens getting in Elias' face constantly, eventually just cannonballed him and the referee uh, to no avail. Uh, I did enjoy, you know, having the chair and the original ref is sliding back. He's like, no, Kevin, don't. He's like, here's the chair. And then when he goes to fucking, the ref turns around to take the chair away. Kevin Owens just fucking kicks a field goal <laughs> and Shane McMahon's nuts. Man, he sold that nut shot too, boy. He, he lifted. He, he was up. He got some height on that thing. <laughs> so it was. It was a fun match. It was exactly what that match uh, was supposed to be. What do you think about this uh, Stone Cold Kevin Owens uh, character that they're that they're rolling with here? So I, you know, I thought this was kind of like a cross between like CM Punk. You know, oh look, he's saying what we're all thinking, and um, and Stone Cold. Um, you know, I, it gets Kevin Owens mic time, which is always good. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Owens' stunner. Uh, there's something about it. It's, that the, just it's the kick. It's the kick. It's it's just the kick. The kick is weird. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Stone Cold, he would he would perform a perfect like hopping kick, and then it would seem like he would face the opponent, jump and turn. And then just bow, but I like it. Just Kevin Owens' stunner looks like he's looks like he's remembering how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As he's doing it, 
and it just doesn't do it for me. But look, anything that gets Kevin Owens more mic time, it's weird seeing Kevin Owens not be a dickhead, but at least like like a heel version of a dickhead. Like mm-hmm. this like face dickhead thing is is kind of odd, but look, it's getting Kevin Owens mic time, and uh, that's what I want for him. Yeah. It is also weird seeing all these big dudes uh, coming back from layoffs, like looking fucking jacked as hell. Between him and Bray Wyatt and Killian Dane and and Braun yeah. Strowman was like the originator of that. Yeah. Basically, it's kind of wild seeing that shit. So, but a good match and the right result too. I did not need Shane McMahon uh, winning this match whatsoever. So, <laughs> no. come on. So moving on to, we haven't really talked about match of the night. Oh, we haven't gotten to match of the night yet. It's coming later. Um. Charlotte Flair defeats Trish Stratus. Now, look, say what you will about the quality of this match. Um, They definitely went out of the way to paper over Trish's ring rust. Um, You know, the the Hurricane Rana spot was very contrived uh, because obviously (laughs) she probably cannot do that anymore. No. uh, Like she could back in the day. So say what you will. I, I, I get it. But. At least Trish Stratus, after eight years of wrestling her last singles match and only wrestling pretty much tag matches and shit like that afterwards, uh, she wrestled the longest match on the card and didn't embarrass herself in the process. Now, a lot of credit probably goes to Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I was about to say, that goes goes to the best wrestler in the company, man or woman, and that is Charlotte Flair. I think I'm... Like I'm like, I'm like that, that dickhead with the coffee mug. Like, he's like, Charlotte Flair is the best wrestler in WWE. Prove me wrong. She is, um, she can make literally anybody look good. And she has the, the wrestling build of a strong, but like of a strong person, but who is still feminized. Like, and she, she's, and she's really tall, right? Like she looks like an Amazon, especially compared to, uh, honestly, part of that is to her detriment, right? Like she looks like, uh, an, an unstoppable force compared to four foot 11 Alexa bliss and, you know, people, women who are five, five and under. So it, but yeah, all the credit in the world to both of these women. But a but a but a but a gold star to Charlotte Flair, who uh, can literally make anybody look good. Mm-hmm. Kind of like her old man. You can yeah, say. man. Like that. <laughs> Jesus, dude. So and, and look, the match did exactly what it needed to do. It it gave it gave Trish Stratus a honest to goodness send off because this is probably the last match she's ever going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave Charlotte a well deserved uh, notch in her belt. Like a, like a like a, a, one of her many signature victories uh, that yep. she'll always be able to have, um, and yeah, it was fine. It was fine for what it was. Uh, again, the crowd betrayed this match a little bit. I I would have thought they'd have been more into it, especially with one of their native daughters uh, wrestling in it. Yeah, isn't she from? Yeah, Toronto? she's from Toronto. Yes. So, <sighs> remember when Canada used to be like the best crowds? Maybe maybe you just have to go to Quebec for that. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe in Ontario that you don't get the good, the good Canadian crowds anymore. Yeah. Is Toronto too close to America? It is. It is very close to America. Yeah. So. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's like 90 minutes away from Detroit. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. 
They, 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 they still have our stink on them. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to the parts of Canada where English is their second language. So a match that, uh, I don't know why I didn't see this result coming. Um, Kofi Kingston oh, really? and Randy Orton fought to a double count out, uh, in this match. Oh yeah. I couldn't have predicted this either. Honestly, I honestly, but we should have. Why, why, th- why the fuck didn't we? I thought, I thought Randy was going to win it. Oh, that's interesting. I thought, I, I thought Randy was going to win it. Right. Because look, let's, let's face facts here. They stumbled upon this, right? Like oh, sure, everything yeah. about Kofi's reign and this match has been luck. And, and from, from his title opportunity, because Ali got put on the shelf to the fact that this particular story of the two of them, uh, having this, this feud that nobody really mentions or talks about because the whole stupid clip that they played was actually, that wasn't like a part of, that wasn't a part of the story back then. Like Kofi botched something in the match and Randy Orton, who is notorious for having a short fuse. Or was, just, he's, he's apparently much better nowadays, but, uh, yeah, well, but back yeah. then, yes, very much. Yeah. Back then, man, Randy Orton was a, was just a hothead dude. And, and that was just literally him kind of breaking the fourth wall, so to speak berating Kofi right then and there. And then somebody realized, oh shit, we got this clip of these, of these two guys. Hey, the last time we gave Kofi a shot was a decade ago. Let's go back and check this out. Like they, and they, they realized that, oh, maybe we can play on this. I thought Randy was going to win. And then they teased this feud out more because Kofi is not good as a reigning champion. He much like Seth Rollins needs to chase the belt. He needs to he needs another obstacle to overcome. That's his role. That that's that's where I think he is best. Yeah. Because when he's not that, he's a lame duck of a champion. And look, I'm happy for him, you know, but he's a lame duck as a champion and he's not he he I don't know, there's something about him that I feel like he needs to chase it. I feel like that's where his his story is is the best. Mm. But maybe that's because yeah, and you know, part of it, you know, I hate to bring race into everything, right? But I'm black. That's what black people do. Part of it is black people have been trying and chasing things all their lives. Like to see it here just kind of makes sense to me. Especially between the, with the, if you're going to play up this feud of Randy was always holding me back and oh, behind the scenes, Randy used his influence to, to hold me back. Like have Randy beat Kofi. He could beat Kofi through manipulating his family, like was teased at the end of this match, but have him beat Kofi and, and, and show us, Hey, you know, Randy is, Randy is trying, Randy can come off and say, see, I always knew you were stupid. I always knew you couldn't do it. And, and Kofi can be like, no, nah, you, you just trying to hold me back. You couldn't, you had to cheat to win because you always trying to hold me down. That's how this should have ended in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the double count out, but 
I can see why the crowd was pissed. See, I'm I'm okay with it because you can really tease this feud out. Like you said, they stumbled upon it because of the past history. They also stumbled upon it because it gives Orton, like him saying, hey, I'm the only reason that you even had this belt in the first place. He's not wrong. Like, like he's the right. one that took Ali right. out and, and put and put Kofi in that spot. So you have a good you have a good basis. Orton gets to kind of tap into that like sadistic side where he's at his best. Like what like heel Orton, who has no conscience whatsoever, is the yeah. best ra- best version of Randy Orton. When like he's a legend when he, killer, Randy. Right. Orton. Not even legend killer. Like I'm gonna kick your wife in the head and then kiss her, <laughs> Randy Orton, right in front of your fucking face. Like that. That's like the best. That's the best version of Randy Orton because he's a fucking scumbag and you hate his guts. Um, so the little tease you got at the end there with his family and that, you know, causing Kofi to to go off was was smart. And now, like, you have this feud where Orton will get to crow that he had Kofi Kingston beat because he hit him with the RKO, except Kofi rolled out of the ring and, you know, he lost his shit because he can't, he knows he can't hang with Randy Orton. So now you have an easy setup for the rematch in September, which you also don't have to have a definitive edition, uh, a definitive finish because you have hell in a cell in October and you can pay the feud off inside of that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the way, I think that's the smart way to go. Like, like they'll probably get like a, like a street fight stipulation or something like that next time. And somehow maybe Randy Orton will win or maybe Kofi will somehow find a way to retain it in some way, shape, or form, but there won't be, like, a clean resolution. And then, like I said, you pay it off with Hell in a Cell, and Kofi gets to do fucking insane shit inside Hell in a Cell, and that'll be fun. Yeah. So. I'm very I'm very interested to see where this goes, though. Uh, this is the most I've been interested in Kofi since his, since he, since, you know, the Monday after he won the belt. Mm-hmm. Which did not end up going that great. Honestly, right. so it right. could, could have been better. Um, for me, the match of the night, not necessarily because of the action in the ring, but I had no fucking idea <laughs> I don't think anybody what to expect <laughs> from an actual wrestling match uh, with Bray, with, you know, nay Bray Wyatt, now the fiend, uh, wrestling against Finn Balor. So inside baseball, we uh, I'd seen the reports that apparently Finn Balor was going to take some time off after SummerSlam. Um, for like vacation or whatever. So he might yeah. be off for a couple months. So you, you knew why it was going to win. They wanted to make him look strong. Uh, so do we call him Bray Wyatt or should we call him the fiend? Like, I'm not sure. What um, the correct I would call is. him the fiend when he's wrestling. Okay. So first of all, he comes down to the ring with a remixed version of his original Wyatt family theme music, which yes. I think fit the character. Well, he's carrying, a severed, <laughs> the severed head of Bray Wyatt with a, with a lantern shoved into the mouth, which isn't, you know, that's not weird. Like that's not when, strange whatsoever. Like when they showed the silhouette, you know, it's all dark and you see the lamp, you see the lantern and I'm like, oh, is he just going to be Bray Wyatt wearing a mask? And then I saw the lantern. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this is fucking wild, dude. Like, this is, yo, mm, from what I understand, Bray Wyatt had uh, autonomy to create this character. God damn, man. It is, it is impressive. You, you know, you have something when, when the crowd is chanting, holy shit, before the match even starts, like just based on the entrance. 
The crowd's like, holy shit, this is fucking incredible. And look, the match did not disappoint. Like, like, like he, so I was like, how is this guy going to wrestle? He's just going to wrestle like Bray Wyatt, but more violently, essentially. Yeah. That's what, that's what you're going to get. You're still going to get the fucking, you know, the crab walk, which looks creepier when you're wearing a fucking slipknot mask, basically. <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt looks like he could wrestle an alligator right now because, because he, he's got like the big upper body skinny leg thing going on right now. Like his, his yeah. upper body looks like a Mack truck right now. <laughs> and, but it, but he looks like he's been skipping leg day for the last six months, basically. <laughs> Um, and he, and he didn't, he didn't like dominate this match. Like Finn Balor got some offense in, um, Bray Wyatt oversold the offense, which I thought was an interesting, like everything that the fiend is doing is very visually interesting, basically. Yeah. Because it's, it's like he, at at some point it's like he is conflicted. Like he was looking at his, yeah, he's got like love and hate or whatever on his, on each of his fists. It's not love and hate, but it's something, Mm -hmm. you know, positive and something negative. And he's looking at his hands and, and he's, he's grabbing his head and, and, and he's, you know, he's wrestling with the fact, like no pun intended. He's wrestling with the fact of, you know, that the fiend is out much. He, he's, he's just bizarre, but like in the best possible way. And it's, the the character work is impressive man like this is and like you said the, i mean the look like he looks like something out of a rob zombie movie man. like <laughs> it, it is it is incredible what he's doing with this character yeah like I, I i wonder how they're going to incorporate like i i guess they're not going to incorporate uh the blues clues bray wyatt not live? maybe maybe not live yeah like you could just run vignettes with him and here's the thing that's cool so like they obviously it seems like they've always wanted him to be like Undertaker 2.0 yeah and I feel like this version of the character is gonna be the, the this is their this is their shot to realize that because he's definitely like, even after the match like he stood in the middle of the ring lights went out they do the creepy like fucking music you know as they like zoom in on his face and then he disappears like that's weird as shit like he doesn't just walk out of the ring like a normal dude like he's just gonna he's still gonna be fucking doing this creepy shit so it's 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 interesting what they're doing i'm still struggling to see long term what this is gonna look like because i think if you're gonna make him undertaker 2.0 you have to do what the undertaker did for the bulk of of the bulk of the 90s until we got to like 1997 where the Undertaker was just this, this, just this character that existed outside of the championship scene. Like I know he won a WWE title like in like his first month or something, and then sold it to the Million Dollar Man or whatever the fuck happened there. Um, but he didn't hold a championship from 1991 until 1997. But he didn't need to because he was the Undertaker. Like he right. he always had his Undertaker feud that he was working on which was just as important as anything else going on at the top of the card because that was how powerful the character is. And I feel like that you can do that with this, but I also feel like because you have this duality of having this Firefly front house, you could easily rope in a reason to want to win a championship because like the fiend doesn't need to win a title, but like what if Bray Wyatt wants to win, you know, like as part of the Firefly Funhouse gimmick. Like you could you I feel like you could easily rope that into it if yeah. you need to. It's it's a, it's a great day like day one 
Um, a very impressive debut considering that, you know, none of us knew what the fuck to expect. And he's using the mandible claw, which seems perfect. And I'm, so, I'm shocked that no one besides Mick Foley has ever used that maneuver since him. Yeah. And, it, and I think it, it, it fits his character perfectly. And it was appropriate that he got to use it on Mick Foley first before anybody yeah. else. I so. mean, it probably, it probably like, like don't wrestlers have like this thing where it's like, don't use my move, even though it's, you stole that from a Japanese guy. <laughs> don't use, don't use my move without my permission. Um, but I think they probably worked that out. Like, oh, I'm sure uh, they. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. I'm sure that. Uh, yeah. You can do this, but you got to do it to me first. That's fair. Yeah. So, and and like I said, I think it fits that character very well. Um, also, cool to see it implemented in the original uh, version because it used to be like a pinfall maneuver. It wasn't a submission hold until until later. Yeah. Um. So that was cool. Uh. But yeah, r- great debut. Uh. It was my favorite moment of the night because again, we had no idea what to expect. Um, the demon fiend match is going to be interesting. I hope Finn Balor performs differently as the demon finally for once. Yeah. Now when that match inevitably happens, Mm -hmm. who you think is going to win? It's gotta be, I think it has to be the fiend. Like if you want him to be, it depends on when it depends. So, so you could like, even though Balor's only gonna be gone for, you know, couple months you could find a way to tease this out until wrestlemania and you could have that be like the wrestlemania match and in that case like if you're going to tease it that long and it would have to be like you know finn balor you know is still doing his thing but he's always like looking over his shoulder at the fiend and he's trying to get at the fiend and and he can never do it and this that or the other in that circumstance i think finn balor would be the right guy to win if you're going to have it at Survivor Series, then yeah, you you should keep it with the Fiend. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the Fiend has to be dominant, man. Like, you can't the none of this like fifty fifty. You know, you win one week and then I I win the next week. Like, nah, man. You gotta you gotta make the Fiend uh, a, a force, especially if the Fiend doesn't want. If you're going to leave the Fiend out of the title picture. You're gonna have to make him. You're gonna have to make him scary if you want. It. You're gonna have to make him. I mean, there, there's a, there's a slew of undercard guys that they can feed him forever. Yeah. Like, they're like there's no shortage of that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the what the fiend has in store. Yeah. So the last match of the night, uh, the main event was Seth Rollins winning. Uh, the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Now, being as there was literally no title changes on the card up to this point, uh, at this point we probably should have predicted this as the end result. It still felt surprising, and I think the way that it was surprising is how they got there. Because um, he didn't have to cheat this time. Like, he didn't have to fucking low blow Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, to, to and stomp him three times in order to to do this like he he legitimately beat Brock Lesnar in this yeah. match. Um I'm fine with the end result. Like you said Seth Rollins chasing the title is better than Seth Rollins with the title, which unfortunately now we have to deal with Seth Rollins with the title. Now they did say that uh they announced that there's not going to be a rematch. Good. Um that will let Rollins pursue other people. I don't know who you launch him into a feud with. 
I'd like to see Brock Lesnar wrestle some other people because pretty much we've seen Brock Lesnar wrestle Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, Braun Strowman, and kind of Samoa Joe, like a little bit. But that's pretty much the loop that we've seen of Brock Lesnar for, I feel like, the past two, three years. Essentially, yeah. it's just wrestling yeah. those guys <laughs> with the, you know, with the odd, you know, one off AJ Styles, the one off Daniel Bryan match yeah. being thrown into the mix. Um, so it will be nice to see these guys get other matches. Um, are we going to see? Think, do you think Brock Lesnar will be around? That's so that, that's the that's the interesting that's the interesting thing. Um, I can't I can't picture Brock Lesnar working under card feuds. No, me like like that, like that like they they've made him such a event, like a, such a spectacle over yeah. the last six years or seven years that it's been. That it's hard to imagine him in an undercard just wrestling feud that doesn't have a championship at stake. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't know who you would who you pair him against. So that's it's it's just a it's a weird place to be in. Um, Do you think they would try to elevate the WWE title at some point? I I think in their minds they they have been. I don't think that it's as successful as they think it is. But I yeah, think that they really feel like is. they have it. It's, it's, it's the world title. <laughs> right I now, mean, like, right now it certainly is, yeah. But that, right. that that varies with whoever's holding it, though. I think that speaks more of Kofi Kingston than it does of the championship itself. Because it, yeah. it, it felt like the WWE title when AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan had it. Yeah, or at least it did right. to me, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. So I don't know. It, it's 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 weird where they go from here, um, because you're not you're certainly not going to see like a fucking stopgap feud like a Baron Corbin feud. I don't think with Seth Rollins at this ah, point. Let's hope not. No. Doesn't it have to be like Samoa Joe or somebody like that? Wouldn't that make the most sense? Yeah, because like like I, like I'm, I know Joe's tied up in this Roman like he, he's a side part of this Roman Reigns thing. But I feel like he's got a perfect out now mm-hmm. because, you know, it's been proven now that he's not the attempted murderer of Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Joe has this is a perfect opportunity for Joe to be thrust into the title picture because he's literally held what well, he's held the U.S. title recently. Right. That mm-hmm. was his last that was his last belt. And everybody wants it. Right. He, Joe is a, a, Joe is, Joe is also another professional wrestler, like all around professional wrestler. That is probably one of the better in the company, even with him being, you know, up there in age, he can still, he can still go. And I feel like a program with him and Seth Rollins would be really, really good. The problem is that I would want Joe to win and you can't keep passing this belt back and forth. At least I don't think you can. Um, I, I like I like pretty hefty title reigns, so that when the title switches, it's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get that with Seth Rollins, though. What uh, a lengthy title reign? Not 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 babyface Seth Rollins. Like heel Seth Rollins can hold the title for you know a year. He did basically basically because he was a scumbag. Um, but I, I like babyface Seth Rollins just doesn't work as well. And I think I think more of the problem is they don't have any 
strong heel wrestlers to put him up against on Raw right now. Like, do you Joe. want do you want AJ Styles in that spot? Like, that would be a decent feud, but I just don't feel like it's the right time for it. I guess you know what I mean. No, not now. I'm telling you, it's got to be Joe. And look, we we're taping during Raw, so we don't know what's happening right now, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I, I gotta, it's gotta be Joe, right? Like Joe is the perfect heel wrestler to go with this weird, like annoying baby face, Seth Rollins. The, the only, the only, the only other person that you might be able to do is if you maybe put like Braun Strowman in there and like, I don't think you turn Braun Strowman heel because that was a disaster. Yeah. But I but what if what if you could use that as a platform to get Seth Rollins to turn heel? Like what if be to overcome Strowman, he has to resort to underhanded tactics and and his desire to hang on to the championship starts outweighing his his morality at that point. Like maybe that's a, sto- a way that you could you could twist that story and do something yeah. crazy. And again yeah, and, and again and and Seth Rollins works well against, you know, guys that are way bigger than him like he, he's very much like bret hart in that sense where he's he's like a giant killer yeah. of sorts so yeah we'll have to see what happens on raw yeah um but all in all like i said uh it was a it was a brisk SummerSlam. uh it, it felt brisk by comparison to the other big events that wwe has been running lately that seemed to run four and a half to five hours this clocked in at three and a half and it felt fast um yeah and it felt good that's another thing that um yeah, they didn't. They uh, didn't. They didn't bloat the card up, did they? Right, and that was. I was watching a video of somebody complaining, like not necessarily complaining, but they were like, "Hey, what? A, what about the Miz? And what about like what about all these people who were not on the card, but mm-hmm. like have storylines?" And I'm like, I mean, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like you're quick to point out when WWE has a five hour pay per view. Right. Like, and, and and that's the thing. Like, I think it is impressive that we didn't even see Roman Reigns during right. SummerSlam. We all, the only glimpse we even saw of Daniel Bryan was a quick glimpse of him watching on a TV monitor backstage of, of him watching Rowan try to murder Buddy Murphy. Like, that's all right. we saw from Daniel Bryan. Uh, you mentioned we didn't even see them is at all. Right. Like, that, that's not a bad thing to have a spoil of riches on your roster that you don't have to shove all the same guys on the card every week. You didn't see Drew McIntyre. Like Drew McIntyre has been a guy that's been pushed up the, up the ladder a little bit here yeah. lately. Um, but we didn't see him at all. That's not a bad thing. And, and because you have the network now, I don't think you feel pressured to put these same guys on every, you know, quasi pay-per-view, even if it is SummerSlam, like it was, just, it was. It, I think it was only weird because it was SummerSlam because it's one of the tentpole, you know, WWE events. But yeah. I, but I think the matches that they had were the right matches to have on the card. Um, you got to feature your championships. You, you know, you can't can't avoid that. Um, and then the stuff that wasn't title matches. Again, we got to see Dolph Ziggler flop around. We got to see you know the KO Shane McMahon match, which we had to see. You got to see Charlotte Flair versus Legend, and you got to see the debut of the Fiend. Those are the yeah. right undercard, like, like those are the right non-title matches that you wanted for this show. So. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed this SummerSlam very, very much. See, and and I wouldn't go that far. Like, I, I think the quality of the matches was middling enough. Like, there wasn't any. Like, if we if we look at it just from a strict wrestling perspective, there wasn't any like four star matches on this on this show. 
Mm-hmm. There wasn't any like stinkers. Like there wasn't anything I was holding my nose at watching, but there wasn't anything that you're going to m- remember, you know, five years from now, save for maybe, you know, the fiend debut. Yeah. So, but like I said, a decent show. It was, it was fine. They had the right matches. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't like an all timer by my estimation. Given uh, the quality of WWE pay-per-views, this one was a B-plus for me. I, I, I enjoyed it. There were only a couple things that, now look, I didn't see, uh, I came in at Goldberg Ziggler, so mm. I didn't get to see the first match. And um, the only one that I wasn't into was Bailey and Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, like you said, I wanted to see Dolph Self or Goldberg. Um, AJ Styles and Ricochet, I mean, that's, that is what I expected. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, like everybody just needed that catharsis uh, <laughs> of Kevin Owens beating Shane McMahon. The best uh, female talent of the 90s and 2000s versus the best wrestler currently in the company. Um, I always like watching Charlotte Flair wrestle. Um, I was curious enough about Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. The Fiend was phenomenal. And as much as, as much as Seth Rollins is, you know, hit or miss for me sometimes, like not the the character of Seth Rollins, not the Mm. wrestler. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Seth Brock match. I enjoyed when Brock just fucking grabbed him by his taped up ribs and just started (laughs) started swinging him around. around. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that is cool, man. I enjoyed Seth using his agility to overcome the German suplexes. You know what I mean? Like it, it told a decent story with uh, a decent ending. So I, yeah, I, I don't have too many complaints about, about SummerSlam. This is solid B plus. I mean, I'm, I'm still in the B range just to B minus on my end. Like I said, the, the, the quality of the matches didn't ra- didn't raise the event into the a stratosphere, um, but it wasn't bad. It was just, it was fine. So, yeah, so uh, we will, of course, talk wrestling next time uh, in November when Survivor Series happens. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode of the show. Again, don't forget if you use Amazon to use our Amazon link, densepixels.com slash Amazon. Join our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans on Facebook. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow Terrence on Twitch, Apparition410. Follow Carrie on Twitch, Suppets Carrie. Uh, we have gone two hours. Uh, we're quickly running out of time. So <laughs> we will... Uh, <laughs> We will talk to you guys later. See ya.